Hello, everyone. I'll, I'm talking on top of my head um, today. I'm going to fully do that. I'm not going to even use my Webster's for this. I'm just talk all the way from the heart. Fully freestyle this episode, but let me get back to the subject. So, I am so elated that I get to experience church differently. What does that mean for me? It means that I have properly sorted out what was meant and what was felt when it came to the churchianity of my past. My grandma Claire is beautifully excluded from that. I have on Sunday mornings now I no longer feel despondency in my soul. I no longer feel a sense of weighty emptiness in my spirit either. In fact, I had a discussion with someone in my inner circle and this person were very close. And this person doesn't mind our talk being known to you all. This person told me that the churchianity, the Pharisaism of back then is entirely demolished. And this person said that you will now have churches that will reach out to you in order to be a part of your healing adventures. They will not cause any kind of angst that you involuntarily endured. They will be abuse survivor specializing. They will be autism specializing. And 
they will be prophetic with you, for you, by you, and to you. And then this person said that there are many churches innumerable churches the person actually said that will be making sure that when you're in those buildings that you never again feel uninvited that you never again feel unwelcomed that you never again feel That you're being uncared. And this person said. That. You will always feel. At home there. Because all their music. All their preaching. And all their teaching. Will be 100% relevant to you. 100% resonating with you. 100% relatable to you. And that they will not remind you of the traumas of some of the churches you were in previously. They will be wholly sensitive. W-H-O-L-L-Y and they will be the church family you never had and this person said that They won't be takers like some of the churches you were in back then. They'll be givers. They want the real you. They need the real you. And they'll make sure that their theology, their biblical theology, is a safe haven for you. Meaning they won't be condemnatory toward you. They won't be antagonizing toward you. If anything, they'll appreciate... One of the reasons why they'll appreciate you because you'll be helping them to to be about unconditional, compassionate, sacrificial, neighborly, agape love. For people who are misfits, I'm one of them. For people who may be considered unorthodox by society, I'm one of them. And this person said that the the church environments moving forward... They will say to themselves, 
Antonio is someone that we can never disown. The way, I mean, we can never disown Antonio because he has a pure heart. And going through what he's gone through, I can't blame him for the doubts and skepticism about religion. They would have enough empathy to go. I would have those same doubts, skepticism too, if I went through things that most people don't ever go through in life. And then they'll go, you know, when I read slave narratives now, I think of Antonio and he he and his ancestors what they've gone through is eerily similar it's creepily similar so that's when the black Antonio thank you so much for being honest with your story because it makes us have to go to God and God's trained professionals to help us learn every day. People have gone through what your ancestors have gone through. How can we exemplify Christ Jesus to people who have gone through the unimaginable, the unfathomable? And um, I could say to them that Honestly, I don't have a problem with Jesus. I never had. I've had a problem with the misrepresentation of Jesus. I've had a problem with people making Jesus out to be this autocrat, dictator, because... If Jesus was those things, none of the oppressed would have ever responded well to him. Based upon what I've read about him in secular literature by credible scholars, based upon me reading the works of credible biblical scholars, based upon me reading the Bible itself, I'm like, Jesus was not an autocrat dictator. And a lot of extremists try to paint him as such. I'm like, that's not him. If Jesus was that, he would not be world-renowned as he is for all these centuries. If Jesus was an autocrat dictator, why did so many black people, from the moment that the Atlantic slave trade began, even past the presidency of Barack Obama, Why do so many black people still feel like Jesus relates to them? If he was such this control freak that did not care about anybody's oppression, why do a lot of the press, when they read the Bible, they go, you know, Jesus is nothing like 
what these extremists on the fringes are painting him out to be. Even some non-believers, non-believers go, I've studied Jesus. You hate groups have got him all completely wrong. Y'all are completely dead wrong about Jesus. It's 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 something when non-believers unbelievers can admit that. So I'm doing this episode because I have learned as a part of my healing journey there are people of faith that know how to love me. To, they know how to like me. They know how to respect me. So I refuse to exclude them from my healing adventures because they're not the people that hurt me in my past. When you heal, you have to make distinctions. Is it easy? No. Is it more than worth it? Yes. Because not all people of faith are mon- are monolithic. Right? So, I, I'm doing this episode because I want it to be understood. I am not an arch nemesis of the faith-based community. I am not an enemy of the religious community. I am not a foe of the spirituality community. I am not warring against churches. I'm not warring against mosques. I'm not warring against temples. I'm not warring against synagogues. I'm not warring against centers. I'm not warring against monasteries. I'm not warring against houses of worship. I'm not even warring against the Bible, the Quran, the Torah, and all the other religious texts because what I am warring against is using religion to eradicate the humanity of humans. I'm warring against using religion to endorse animal abuse and animal cruelty. I'm warring against using religion to obliterate environmentalism. I am warring against using religion to glorify hate groups, hate speech, and hate crimes. And I know that there, that people of faith, people of religion, people of spirituality would easily agree with everything I'm saying. I'm talking about people of faith who are, I'm not, they're, they're not extremists, so there's people of faith and there's extremists, right? In terms of how people go about faith. When I say people of faith, I'm never talking about the extremists. I'm talking about people who actually do faith right. So, 
I say all this to say that um, church people, and I say church because that was the word I grew up in the most, that there are churches that say, hey, if you come into our buildings, you will always be rejoicing with us. Because we'll never give you a valid reason to not want to be bothered with us. We'll never put sadness in your heart. We'll never put fear, worry, guilt, shame, chronic stress in your heart. And if you want to worship with us even outside of church, if you want to do church with us outside of the buildings... We're okay with that too. If you want us to, if you want to come to the building when you're comfortable, you can. If you want us to be with you at a park, wherever you need us to be, we're going to be there. We're not going to limit church to a building. We want to be what you need church to be. So you'll know that whenever we talk about God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, we're never ambushing you. We're never picking on you. We're never bullying you. And anything, Antonio, we've heard about the episodes you did about Jesus in the past and the way that you connect Jesus to human rights, Jesus to animal rights, Jesus to environmentalism, um, Jesus to equal rights, Jesus to civil political rights, Jesus to economic, social, cultural rights. We're so grateful that despite the demonic pedophiles some of them masquerading as Christians who raped you in those churches that they failed miserably to take away healthy lens that you have of seeing Jesus and they'll say Antonio we will be a part of your protection team. Anybody that tries to wreak havoc on you, anybody that tries to abuse you, that tries to traumatize you, tries to victimize you, tries, if they try to heckle you, try to troll you, in the name of Jesus, we'll put fear in their hearts. We'll make their lives legally a living hell. And... They will have everything to worry about when it comes to us. Because we know that what you say regarding criticism of religion has has nothing to do with attacking anybody. It has everything to do with I'm black, I'm autistic, I'm an abuse survivor. And I live in a world where people like me are maligned, not just by the world. Some religious institutions contribute to our traumas. So they won't look at it as, oh, Antonio is fighting us. They'll be like, wow. 
maybe we need to reread the Bible and think about how certain passages can make people like Antonio feel so we can learn how to interpret the Bible in ways that are safeguarding Antonio's heart and people like Antonio's heart, right? So I feel that when it comes to uh, houses of worship for me, that it will not be bulldozing me. It'll be like, I want to explain to you, this is how people like me are made to feel. In the Bible, a lot of passages are hard for us. Some of the translations are rough for us. And it can cause people of faith to go, you know, we any interpretation of the Bible we have, we have to make sure that Antonio is protected, that he's loved, that he's cherished. And there are people like Antonio in the world that we got to treat them the same ways too. So... So for me, I recognize that the differences between wholesome churches, then there's the alternative, and we all know what that means. It's self-explanatory. I appreciate wholesome churches. I'll take it a step further. I appreciate wholesome mosques. I appreciate wholesome temples. I appreciate wholesome synagogues. I appreciate wholesome monasteries. Any house of worship that's unwholesome, I I respectfully just keep my distance because they're disrespecting the wholesome house of worship that do exist. So for me, it won't be just churches that will say, we're going to be a church family. There'll be mosques that will be your mosque family. Will be your temple family, will be your synagogue family, will be your monastery family, will be your temple family. Because other house of worship will follow what the churches are doing, be like, well, since these churches are going to be family to him, hey, he's helping us out in our own religion. Our own religion, so we'll be family to him too. So, um, I had to do this episode because it's very easy to hear my past episodes and go, oh my God, Antonio is just, he he hates us. No, I do not. Never have, never will. I do this episode because it helps me to recognize that there are houses of worship that know how to care for and care about survivors of abuse, um, autistic people, and black people. 
there are houses of worship that are doing these things. There are houses of worship who, the way they interpret their religious texts, it's never harmful to people like me. It's always fruitful. It's always nurturing. It's always nutritious. So I've had to understand, okay, self, there are people of faith that have what it takes, more than what it takes to be successful spiritually and physically when it comes to me. They know how to physically um, honor me and they know how to spiritually honor me and people like me and how to physically spiritually honor people like me. So I decided that I cannot live my life in extremes. I cannot live my life in generalizations. What I've decided to do is say, okay, that um, there are mosques, temples, synagogues, monasteries, and and, um, centers that will say, hey, you can worship or be with us anywhere. We're not going to limit ourselves to our buildings. We'll be um, we'll be compassionate, love unconditionally everywhere we everywhere we are with you. And um, there's centers that know how to treat me well. So even centers will be like Antonio's our family. Antonio has a clean spirit about himself. Wherever he needs us to be, we'll be there for him. And so that that gives me hope. Um, because I said, well, I do understand that um, there are people of faith that are actively trying to make changes in their world Um, because more of them are saying, you know, God has been convicting me that there are people like Antonio in this world. And when I read passages of scriptures, God is saying to me, look out for the Antonios of the world. When I read stories about people with disabilities in our canons, when I read about abuse survivors in our canons, when I read about the people of color within these canons, God is saying, pursue Antonio, pursue people like Antonio. Love on people like Antonio. Love Antonio. So there are people at faith, they're like, if I can just have a person like Antonio or just have Antonio in my life, he would never be made to feel insignificant. He would always feel like his life matters and people like him, their lives matter. They would never be made to feel insignificant by us. And anybody that tries to will raise holy hell on them lawfully speaking.
So, I am so grateful that I have that in my life now. Um, That in my life now, what I mean by that is I'm so glad that I've done the um, restoration work to make distinctions, also known as discernments, also known as healthy comparing and healthy contrasting. Those are big Every part of healing is big. Those are some of the big parts of healing. And um, it also made me think about how um, I get to um, I get to have a spiritual family. And what that means is people of faith that that know how to center their reason for being about God and the number one focus when it comes to God is people like me and me. It's like people who go, you know, we have to make sure that all the music, all the lyricism, all the lyrics, all the preaching, all the teaching, all the evangelizing, all things that we do in our houses of worship, they all have to give Antonio, and people like Antonio, 100% sense of belonging. We can't say or do anything that pushes him to the margins. Unfortunately, he's marginalized. So, um, that's very important. Um, and I feel like they're saying all their prank, you know, like all our praying and all of our worship expressions and 
all of our um, Pentecostal type of demonstrations of being filled with God all have to be reasonably accommodating in tone of people like Antonio. Because I feel like they're saying is, God is teaching me to learn how to spiritually reasonably accommodate Antonio people like Antonio. So... So I feel like... um, I still feel like, you know, um, even when it comes to how the houses of worship deal with money, they'll even say, hey, we'll make sure that our, um, Our financial practices, majority of the money goes to people like Antonio. We need to spend more on people like him. And none of our financial practices can be corrupt because you know that that will scare Antonio away from us. We have to do our do our best to help him stay in, not help him stay out like the Pharisees did to him back then. And um, all of our conferences, our convocations, our consecrations have to be therapeutic to Antonio and people like him. And they'll say um, how we talk about people that are not Christian. We have to be mindful of the fact that the people that weren't Christian were the Christ-like people toward him. And the people that were supposed to be Christian chose to be unchristlike toward him. So we have to keep in mind that when we talk about non-Christian people, we have to be respectful. We have to be... We have to have a heart. Um, and um, I feel like at this point that I'm I'm fully ready to tell the faith world how to treat me and people like me if that means you see me on Christian television, I'm ready for that, 100%. If that means I'm on Muslim television, I'm ready for that, 100%. If that means I'm on Judaism television, I'm ready for that, 100%. If that means that I'm in New Thought, New Age congregations, and they have their own media, 
in television, I'm ready for that 100%. If that means... That I'm a part of all the religions, medias, and televisions. I'm I'm completely ready for it. I am. 100%. I'm just fully ready. Um, I feel like... Um, I feel like... Um, I feel ready to, um, I feel like I, it is time for me and time for the faith-based world to really have the joining of forces so we can both be safe havens safe graces safe spaces and safe places for survivors of all types and contexts of abuse for people of all diagnoses, conditions, for people of color, no matter what their shade is and is not. Um, I am so overjoyed that, um, I've kept my heart soft towards the piety world. Although what happened to me as a child happened, I'm just understanding and comprehending that there are people of faith out there that are excited to have me in their lives because they're like, I'm ready to do this work with Antonio, people like Antonio. I'm ready to grow with him and people like him. I'm ready to unlearn, relearn, and learn with people like him and him ready to think, unthink, and rethink with people like him, ready to relearn and rethink with people like him and him. I'm so filled with joviality. (laughs) 